0: Alofa, once again, welcome to another episode of the Ohana Podcast. My name is Lima and I am your host. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and for supporting the Scattered Abroad Network. The goal always is to encourage and to provide lessons from the Word of God that will encourage our Ohana, that will build us up, and will get us back on the right track. And today, really, the lesson is one that, We really need to pay attention to and that is loneliness in the church loneliness in the church now the bible tells us that the church is god's family right the church is the called out it's the ecclesia the body of christ and there is one body but many members and in first corinthians chapter 12 we read about how each member of the body has a purpose. And then the apostle Paul in that discussion would talk about how, if a member of the body hurts, the whole body hurts with it. If a member is rejoicing, the whole body should be rejoicing. And and the idea is that, that we have this strong relationship that we share with one another. And, one of the real problems in God's ohana, like though we are a family, there are some among us that often feel lonely. It could be that you're one of those people that is listening in and and you you are there every Sunday. You are there every uh, gathering of the church, but you always feel left out. You always feel like uh no one really is close to you and no one. Uh, uh, you really don't have any deep relationships with your Ohana in Christ. And, and, and so that's so important for us, church. We need to look out for one another. We need to pay attention to those who isolate themselves. who maybe during potluck, they like to sit by themselves and, 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 and maybe you've decided, you know what? They want to sit by themselves. So why bother them? I want to encourage us not to do that. If you see someone sitting by themselves, go there and sit with them. Go and and be a friend. Loneliness is a real problem in the church and it affects those uh um who are really uh isolated. It could be the shut-ins that cannot come to worship, uh physically. It could be someone who's dealing with terminal uh illness. It could be someone who comes to church but has no friends in in God's family. And so the the encouragement then is for us as members of the body to learn how to be a friend, right? To learn how to ensure that no member of the of the body of Christ, no no family member is feeling isolated, no family member is dealing with loneliness. Right? And so I, I want to encourage us all who, who are listening. I want to encourage you that to be a friend to somebody. Here's something interesting, um, that I found on the internet. Uh, the Barna Group, the Barna Institute Research Group, uh, they have this, this, uh, research done in 2018. And basically the, the article that I read, uh, basically concluded that americans are friendly but lonely and a lot of that is true in relationships in the church generally we as christians are good people are friendly people we say hi and we like to greet others but it's often the case that our relationships within the church are not deep enough our relationship on the church are, are very shallow uh it's it's more like hi and bye and we we don't have enough time with each other to develop friendships deep friendships in the church and so what what is true in this research is is true in Christianity that a lot of Christians are friendly but often they are lonely the research in in, in barna goes on to to point out that one in five adults regularly or often feel lonely. notice that one in five adults that's a lot of Christians in the church when you think about that if your church is about a hundred people that's a lot of people every you know every every one in five person every every other uh, uh every in a group of six people one of them in a, in a group of ten people two of them. And you so on so on so forth, right? And so, let's learn how to be friends because we we're good at befriending someone and sharing the gospel with them. But then, what happens after they obey the gospel? Sometimes that that relationship doesn't go any deeper. And so, sometimes we have people sitting in the pews for twenty years. And we don't know their hobbies. We don't know what they like, what color they like, what foods they like. We, we don't know, you know, the types of sins that they struggle with. And the reason why that is, is because we don't have deep friendships. And so to to combat the loneliness in the churches, in God's ohana, to to help deal with that problem of loneliness, we Christians must learn how to be friends. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defined the word friend as one attached to another by affection or esteem. Another definition that it has, it says, one that is not hostile. Another definition says, one that is of the same nation, party, or group. The Cambridge Dictionary says, a person who you know well and who you like a lot but who is usually not a member of your family. And so you think about that family friend who, who is in your lives, right? That you grew up with them and they're in your life and you're in their life and you know so much about them, what they love, what they don't like, uh their favorite color, their favorite food. You know everything about them, right? That's the type of friend that we want to have in our lives. We want that friendship that's you know you want someone that you can count on that you can rely on someone that could be there for you and so here's the question for us to consider then what what type of friend should we as christians strive to be when we're dealing with loneliness in the church we we need to build better friendships so what kind of friend would you want to be let me suggest to us four main things in this discussion. Now you can add to this list and, and, and so on and so forth, but I want to give you four things to consider. What type of friend do I want to be? Uh, number one, I want to be the friend of God, right? You cannot help someone dealing with loneliness or, or any problem in their lives. You cannot be a really good friend to them. If you are not first a friend of God, right? We must have that first and an important priority uh, down. Our relationship with God must be right because the relationship with God impacts every other relationship. And so, if our relationship with God is not right, then we the other relationship would suffer, right? And so if you want to be a friend to someone, first of all, if you want to be the best of friends to someone, you want to be the friend of God. To be God's friend, we need to hate what God hates and love what God loves. Proverbs 6, verse 16 and and all the way down to verse 19, Solomon wrote, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Notice these things. You can't be a friend to someone if you love these things. If you love gossip, if you love lying, if you love the idea of injustice or the shedding of innocent blood, if you love wickedness, you cannot help with someone's loneliness. You cannot be that friend that someone needs. You must first be the friend of God. And so you must hate what God hates. You must love what God loves. Psalm 37 and verse 28, the Bible says, For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. Notice that if I want to be a friend To someone, a good friend, a friend that would help that person. I need to be first, God's friend. I need to be God's friend, first and foremost. To be God's friend, we need to hate what God hates, love what God loves. To be God's friend, we must obey God's commandments. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 15 and verse 14. Jesus said, you are my friends. If you do whatever I command you. You want to be a friend of Jesus. Come, uh, follow what he commands you to uh, to do. Obey what he commands for us to do in our lives. Here's another thing to consider. If I want to be God's friend. One. We we already noted. That we we need to be hating what God hates. Loving what God loves. We need to obey God's command. If we are going to be his friend. And then third. Uh, the third thought here is to be God's friend. We cannot be friends with the world. Right? You cannot be walking in the light and walking in the darkness. First John chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible tells us this is the message that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. Right? And so John continues on that we are to walk in the light. Not in the dark, we can't be friends of God and friends of the world. Now, let me clarify this: You cannot be friends with God and partake in sin and and befriend you know sinfulness in the world. Now, by all means, we should be friends with lost souls that we are trying to lead to Christ, but this is talking about not doing the sinful acts, not condoning it or supporting it. We can't be friends with the world and and be friends with God. James chapter 4 and verse 4, James concludes that thought that really starts from discussing why there are arguments and fights among Christians is because of their own lustful and, and evil desires within them. Well, in verse 4 of James 4, this is what James says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world Makes himself an enemy of God But you can't be the best of friends to people If you are the enemy of God Right And so first of all What type of friend do we want to be? We want to be a friend of God Secondly We want to be a friend that is present Right A good friend is always there In the good times In the bad times When you're rejoicing They rejoice with you when they're mourning they mourn and hurt with you a good friend is always there in the bible sometimes job's friends are heavily criticized by bible students because of their misunderstanding and their theology right we we all we all don't like the fact that job's friends Question job's righteousness because they really have the wrong premise of uh, about punishment and the relationship of that with sin and righteousness. they thought that job was suffering because he was sinful right and so they had the wrong theology, and sometimes bible students would would not appreciate job's friends but let's let's get something down right though. Job's friends did a great thing for Job. In the time when Job went through the most trying times in his life, his friends were there. Right? You want to be a friend that is present in the lives of people. If you're going to help uh, uh combat the loneliness in the church, you need to be there in the lives of the people who feel lonely. You need to be present. I want us to read what, what the Bible says about Job's friends. In Job chapter 2 and verse 11, this is what the Bible says. Now, when Job's three friends, now, if you can have three genuine friends, man, that's a, that's a great, great start, right? When Job's three friends heard of all this adversity that had come upon him, listen to this, Each one came from his own place. Notice that. When they heard their friend was in trouble, they were there. They were by his side. They sat with him for seven days. They let him have the first words. They sat in silence with Job. And so sometimes we're hard on Job's friends. But man, these were great friends. You know, what a beauty it it is to go through trying times and then have so many friends come to your aid, come to your encouragement, come for your comfort. You want to be that friend that is present. So number one, you want to be a friend of God. Number two, you want to be a friend that is present in the lives of people. And you want to be a friend that is honest. That's number three. Every now and every now and then we need the honest rebuke, the loving rebuke of true friends proverbs chapter twenty seven and verse six. The Bible says this faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need someone who will faithfully Rebuke us Who will faithfully correct us In a loving manner A true friend That would not allow us To walk down the path of sin That would not That would not support us Doing sinful things We need a friend who says Lima That's sinful brother You you, you don't go that route brother you know, we need to be that type of person, a person that is honest. Now, I know sometimes we say honesty is the best policy. And sometimes people say honesty is not the best policy. What, what I mean about being a friend who is honest, um just being truthful with the people that you care about, with people in general. Be that type of person that will speak the truth when necessary. Right. And, and Being honest, being an honest friend doesn't always mean that you speak your mind, right? There's some tact and, uh, responsibility of our thoughts, um, that, that to be had, right? We can't, we can't just say everything that comes to our mind because we consider ourselves being honest. There are some things that are better left unsaid. Even though they're true, they're better left unsaid or maybe the time is not right yet to say it, and so we need that type of friend who will correct us, who will help us to be better. In Galatians chapter four and verse sixteen, the apostle Paul made an, an interesting re- response to the Galatians because Paul had been trying to be their friend, a true friend. He's trying to teach them and, and, and encourage them not to go back to the law of Moses, because there's no just justification under the law. Everyone is justified by faith in Christ Jesus. And so Paul would point this out to his Jewish Christian brethren. He would point this out to them. And perhaps some of them got offended by it. And the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 4 and verse 16. Have I therefore become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. Right? In other words, our, our, our friends would not appreciate the truth at times. At times when you speak What is needed to be said? When you say what what is needed to be said, at times it might ruin relationships, or at the time your friend might get mad at you at the moment. But if they have any sense and and realize that you're trying to help, they will thank you for it, right? And so Christians, we need to be that type of friend that will help others, a friend that will that is not afraid. To correct, that is not afraid to offer good rebuke necessary for the edification of the soul or for the correction of bad behavior. So how do we battle loneliness in the church? Number one, you first need to be a friend of God, because if you are not God's friend, you can't help the, the person in need of a friend. Number two, you need to be a friend that is present, right? You can't be friends with someone and you're never in their lives. You're never encouraging them. You don't visit with them. You don't sit with them, right? We must be there for the people that we call friends, for the people that we care about. Number three, we need to be a friend that is honest, that is truthful, one who will offer rebuke when necessary, one who lovingly speaks the truth. And then finally, we want to be a friend that loves the soul. You know, we got to ask yourself, what's the goal of every friendship that you have? What is the goal of, of your friendships? Is it the goal of your friendships just to have someone in your life that will help you when you are in need? Or someone in your life that, that you can turn to when you need stuff? Maybe you have a friend with a lot of stuff and you can rely on them for the stuff. What, what is the goal of our friendships in life if the goal is not to help our friends get to heaven? See, that, that's my, that's the way I think right now about this. If I'm going to be your friend, I'm going to be truly concerned about your soul. And so I'm going to do what is necessary for me to be your friend, the type of friend that will help you go to heaven. And so church, we need that in the church we need that type of friend in god's ohana i think about what nathan did for king david when king david killed uriah when he took bathsheba slept with her conspired against uriah murdered uriah among with with hundreds if not thousands of other soldiers who fought with uriah in the front lines David sinned against God. And Nathan, being a man of God himself, a friend of God, was truly the king's friend at this time. Nathan came to David with a parable that caused David to ascend to the truth, to realize the truth. The story, in essence, for for the sake of time, there was a, a, a rich man who... Who, who, who had many lambs and, and bulls and goats and many things. And there was this one man who had this one lamb. And the man raised this lamb as a pet and cherry. It was, it was like his own kid, treated it like his own kid, own daughter. And the king or the rich man took that, that poor man's lamb sacrificed it and killed it for his guests. And so, in essence, when David heard this story, David was furious, he was angry, and he basically pronounced judgment on the man in the story. He said, that man should pay, if I may paraphrase. And Nathan, being a real friend, he said to the king, you are the man. You see, Nathan cared about what is right. He cared about David's soul. He was not going to let David, you know, sit in sin and and not realize what he has done. And so we need someone who is concerned for our souls in our lives. And there are people sitting in our pews, people in our church, Ohana, who needs you and me, who need us to be that friend. Jesus was that friend to us all. In John chapter 15, verse 13 through 15, John writes, and Jesus is speaking, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. You know, Jesus, while we were his enemies, he died so that we could be his friends. He died for his friends. He died for the souls of all, of many. And so we want to follow the example of Christ To have a concern for soul. To be a friend who loves souls. Christians were given these commands. To care for the soul of each other. In Galatians 6 verse 1 and 2. Paul writes brethren if any man is overtaken in any trespass. You who are spiritual restore such a one. In the spirit of gentleness. Considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one one another's burden. And. And so fulfill the law of Christ. James chapter 5 verse 19 and 20. Brethren if anyone among you. Wanders from the truth. And someone turns him back. Let him know that he who turns a sinner. From the error of his way. Will save a soul from death. And cover a multitude of sins. Notice that church. We have here a true, a true friend. A friend that loves souls. So what type of friend will you seek to be? How will you help with the loneliness in the church? You want to be this type of friend. Number one, you want to be God's friend because your friendship with God will impact all of your other friendships. You want to be a friend who is present. What friend uh, uh is there that will not be they for the people that he care about. For the people that he loves. I think about Job's friend and how they are a great example to us. In a time of great calamity, they showed up. That's what friends do. You want to be a friend who is honest. Who is truthful. That you are not afraid to offer words of correction when necessary. You're not afraid to encourage your friend to do the right thing. And then finally... You want to be a friend who loves souls. What is the goal of friendship? If it's not to help all of our friends make it to heaven. Church, I want to encourage you. The people you're sitting around in the pews with. The people sitting in the pews with you. Make them your friends. We we sing that song with the lyrics. Make friends of God's children. Teenagers and all of young people and old people. From the youngest to the oldest. I want to encourage you. The people that you join together every Sunday to worship God. They should be your friends. Now if you're one who you realize that you don't have many friends in the church. It's time to make some. Be this type of friend to some person. Develop deep relationship with God's ohana. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I hope this lesson was encouraging to you. All glory to our Father in heaven for his word and for his encouragement. Until next time, God bless you. Aloha and mahalo.